Good morning, everybody. Would you stand to your feet? So good to see you at church today. We're gonna start things a little bit differently today. We're gonna jump right to it, enter his presence. So if you would, let's welcome him here in this place today. God, we thank you for your goodness. God, your mercies that are new every morning. God, we thank you that you're here even now. God, we ready our hearts for what you wanna do in and through us today. God, we bring our praise. God, we give you glory, we give you honor that you deserve. Come on, let's sing this, oh, praise the name. And oh, praise the name.
Make me an offering, make me whatever. 
to him this morning. He deserves it all. Man, who's excited to be together worshiping in church today? Man, it's great to see you. Why don't you take a minute, step out from your seat and say hi to somebody around you today. Welcome to church. We're so excited that you're here. There's a wonderful sense of God's presence here. I know we've got some brand new folks with us today. If you are new to the assembly, assembly family, let's make them feel welcome this morning. We are so glad that you are here. We know you had a lot of different places you could be this morning, and you have honored us with your presence this morning. We've got a wonderful service in store as we continue to look for what God's speaking to us today. But in the next few moments, if you'll look at the seat back in front of you, if you are new today, there is a Connect card in the seat back in front of you. You fill that out and place it in the offering as it passes by in a few moments. It'll give us an opportunity to give you some great information about our church. And I'd also like an opportunity to meet you. Our Connections Pastor and I will be down in the front area of the altar here after service, uh, right at the end of service. We'd love the opportunity to meet you, to hear your story, and hear how you got connected and came to the assembly. So feel free to come and, and meet us there. But if you've been coming for a few weeks and you're ready to take the next step, our next step is called Growth Track. It's a four-step process that takes us farther, faster into the life of the church. And we're having that class right after this service, about 15 minutes after the service ends, in our staff office. If you haven't signed up today, that's okay. We've got lunches provided. We've got childcare provided. And we just want to make it as easy as possible for you to get information about our church and how we can partner with you as you move forward. Hey, we've got a week ahead. You're going to want to look at the worship guide. There's a lot of great things that are happening. Wednesday night, Impact Students, we have a world impact parent student information meeting about summer mission trips right if you have a student or you are a student and you want to learn all about the missions program here at the assembly it's going to happen right after the Wednesday night service here in the auditorium at 8 15 make sure you invite your parents make sure you come out and hear all about the great opportunities that are coming and then this Friday night this Friday night everybody is night to shine this continues to be the largest night to shine ever. It is amazing what God is doing by bringing the different agencies in the area as well as our church family together. We're well over 900 Dream Teamers right now that are serving on that. Give yourselves a hand for signing up. This has exceeded our expectation. We're gonna max out this building this year and we're gonna be planning next year for even more great things to happen to keep this thing growing. 
But today you have an opportunity. Here in a moment, we're going to have an offering, and we'd love for you, you've had an opportunity over these last few weeks, we'd love for you to help us put over the top some extra funds to help offset the cost of Night to Shine. So you can give some special giving uh, above and beyond your tithe. You have an opportunity to do that today, and I know it'll be a blessing as you give of your treasure there, a portion of what God's blessed you with as we serve our neighbors here with that Night to Shine event. Hey, but we're coming up on a big event where everybody has a team, right? Right? Has everybody picked their team for the night? As I was working around the hall today, that was a big question. How many Chiefs fans do we have in the building? Okay. How about the 49ers? Any 49ers in? Danny, I know you're in, man. You're all in. Hey, but there is a team today that I want to recognize that I'm more excited about than either of the teams that are playing tonight, and that's our dream team. I don't know if you realize it, but every Sunday and all throughout the week, there are members of this congregation that go above and beyond serving of their time, their talent, and their treasure. And there are over 500 of you that are involved. This morning, the first Dream Teamers arrived at about 6.30 this morning, and they won't. the last one won't leave till about two o'clock this afternoon. So let's give all of our Dream Team a hand this morning. Amazing job. Hey, every year we have one big event that we throw, an annual all-church dream team party, and we want to invite you to that. It's going to be at main event. It's a week from Thursday. It's from 7 to 10. It's all free. We're going to have fun. You can bring your entire family. You don't even have to sign up for it. We want to make that night available to you, and we want you to turn out. We want to celebrate together as a church family what God is doing in our midst, and you're a big part of that if you're on a dream team. If you serve once or you serve every week, you are invited that night to be a part of what we're doing and what the church is doing through the dream teams. Well, I want to get the ushers in place for the offering. Aren't you grateful for God's provision? He's our source. He continues to provide for our needs, and this church continues to be a generous supporter of the vision of this church to serve neighbors and nations. And I know God is, is blessing us as a result of our faithfulness and giving. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you this morning for the opportunity we have to give a portion of what you blessed us with. And God, as we plant this seed, we plant it in good soil, and we thank you, God, that there is a harvest that's coming and salvations and life change, God, as we serve neighbors and nations. I pray you bless it and bless the giver in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for your faithful bringing of tithes and then you willing to give an offering. It makes a difference. We talk about the 765 people that are coming tonight to shine. Uh, those numbers represent individual people like the awesome lady who came to our Dream Team party because her, her family serves them the event. She's 46 and has special needs. And she said, this will be my fourth year to come tonight to shine. It's my favorite night. Uh, it was interesting because uh, this week was her birthday, so the people that were still in the room, we sang happy birthday to her. I'm telling you, she lives 
for this. And I pray that you always know when we ask you to give financially to an event, it is tracking right back to people like that. Each person will be blessed because of your giving. So one more time, just thank this church yourself for believing in serving our neighbors. Amen. It's because it's really important. Thank you so much. A very important message that we come to in the journey today. So I want to invite you to Revelation chapter 2. This is the letter to the church at Smyrna. As you have seen, this church was under a crushing persecution. Crushing is the right word to use because it was that intense. You and I may, at this point, we don't experience that level. There's, there's some beginning stages of persecution even in this country. It has always been going on in other countries. But what's true about the people in Smyrna and us is that we all have pressure. And some of you may be under intense pressure today. And I want you to lean into this message because I think it's a catalyst for understanding the human experience, having the right perspective of God with the way life happens. The entire journey has been built on making sure that nothing has blurred our vision of Jesus. If disappointment has blurred your vision of him, if you've been disillusioned and it's created some questions between you and God, just lean into this message and let it help you because the way you deal with what's unfolding in your life and the way you deal with it effectively is to make sure you are understanding the God of the Bible. So, are you ready? I love you so much. Thank you for your heart to receive his word. To the angel of the church in Smyrna write, these are the words of him who is the first and the last who died and came to life again. Let me pause right there and tell you that one of the great ways to see Jesus as the one who is the Genesis, he's the author, he's the beginning, he's always been, there's never been anyone before him, he's the beginning, and he is the Omega. So he's in control, he's the one who died and is alive again, he's the sovereign, He's created a place for you and me called heaven. And if you see him as the one who's in control, it'll start putting into perspective current circumstance. I know you have afflictions. I know of your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not, do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put you, some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Next two words are key. Be faithful. Let's all say that together. Are you ready? Be faithful. Even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. That's eternal life. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. So there's a place 
that the Lord has prepared for you and me, and it's called heaven. And the day is coming where we will all be there. Heaven has always been meant to create hope in your heart and that in the intense times of pressure, it is one thing that God would use to anchor you. If you're under intense pressure, I want to tell you it will not always be this way because heaven is our future. Weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. The prolonged spiritual battle will give way. We are on our way to a place of perfection. This is Revelation 21. Let me show it to you. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. He will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Notice, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things. The limitations of this life, the fallenness and everything that resulted from the fall of man that has so twisted this human experience. The old order of things has passed away. We're talking no more death, no more sickness, no more bad reports, no more division, no more, uh, no more all, all the division that we see. It's going to be perfect. Can we praise God for heaven as our eternal home? Be anchored by that. And don't lose sight of that. If you're under crushing pressure, it will not always be this way. But what about today? What do we do right now? We're not in heaven yet. And what do I do when my faith and my feelings want to fight? Where my faith says God is in control, but my feelings say, well, if he is, then why is this happening? Where faith says God is great and God can do anything, and my feelings agree, but wonder why he's not performing miracles that I prayed a thousand times he would perform. Why do I have in my history testimonies where God showed up and did the miraculous and there were other prayers I'm still waiting can we get honest about that part of the walk called Christianity if we aren't willing to talk about this then all people see is the glory and they don't know the story behind the glory there is no glory there is no success without some serious pressure and so we not only want to celebrate the victories, thank God for the power of the resurrection, but you can't really know it unless you're willing to enter the fellowship of his suffering. If we're not allowed to have a perspective that there is suffering, that there will be struggle, but God is good and God is God and God is good to me and ultimately God will bring me through, then we're going we're gonna to create perhaps the potential of disappointment that will breed disillusionment and people will walk away because they had no theology that made place for deep, dark valleys. In this life, there are valleys, but you're never alone in the valley. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, God is with me and he's gonna walk with me and he's gonna bring me through that valley. But the valley is real 
and struggle is real and pain is real and live long enough and you will experience it. So I want to lean into that discussion today. Disappointment. Got to be able to deal with disappointment. Disappointment is at that level where something just keeps fluctuating. So you're frustrated with it. You thought it'd be over with by now. It's been since 2017 that I've been able to preach like I used to because of this issue with my breathing and my voice. I could tell something was going on in 2017, so 2018 opened with CAT scans, MRIs. That led to some of the most amazing doctors and medical care. To this day, I now have an incredible close friend that I went to as a doctor in that season who, who with his brilliance and to me just such a, a gifted physician has helped me so much. And everything that I went through medically helped. But every time I tried something new, went into another surgery, I thought, this, this, God's going to use this. And on the other side of this, it's going to be normal again. And it hasn't been. And it's not to this day. And so I wake up every day uh, to a new experience. Like, what will it be like today? What will the breathing be like? What will the, the voice sound like? And so in the fluctuation, it creates disappointment. So I want to place for you uh, what I believe John is trying to communicate. John, in his letter, talked about producing fruit. He said, if we would remain in him, we would produce fruit. He's using the vine that, would, that was su- full of such power, it produced grapes. And so if you remained in the vine, if we remain in this relationship with Jesus, we go from f- bearing fruit to much fruit. So you might think that the highest state of our walk with Jesus would be a life of influence that's like, clusters of grapes not just a cluster but multiply however the highest state of a grape is wine and the only way you get to wine is through crushing you can't raise wine so the grape is raised to be crushed perhaps You could see it this way. I I still pray and believe that God will restore my breathing, my voice to what it was because I'm in this last run as a pastor and I want to be at my best. And so the frustration is when I'm wanting to be at my best, I've got this limitation, this challenge. So that creates frustration. Why doesn't God heal it right now? My, My faith says God can do it. This could be the day that everything is just miraculously healed. My feelings say yes, but it hasn't happened yet. And so I I have to do something with that. And here's an insight I want to pass on to you. Perhaps I've had a limited perspective. Maybe God's making wine. My perspective is that my voice has to be a certain way and my breathing has to, so I could deliver the message. I believe the sermon God puts in my heart, it deserves the best me to give this incredible word, his word to you. But maybe 
my perspective has been way too small because the highest state is wine. Maybe God, this, this process that at times has been like so irritating, frustrating, disappointing. Maybe it's producing something that will truly move me to my highest state of influence. And that's what I want. Now, if you believe it, praise him today because you're, you're going to say, I submit to the same process. Think about the difference in grapes and wine. So I'm about to talk about wine for a moment, and I, I, I need you to know something. I've never tasted wine. Well, I have one time. So here's the deal. I'm over in Egypt with Kelly, and uh, we decide to go party. No, that's not the story. <laughs> Somebody's going to say, that's it, I'm leaving this church. We're over in Egypt, and we're in Cairo. And we go to preach at this church on a Sunday morning. I'm a young guy. I'm already kind of nervous because I've never been in that context. I'm preaching with an interpreter. That's a unique experience. And during worship, the pastor leans over. He says, we have decided to take communion today. And whoever preaches has to lead communion. Well, that's normal to me and how we do it here, but they do it differently there. He said, they're going to come out with the trays. You will go down each aisle. You serve everybody. We never know exactly how many people will be here. So there will be cups left over. But you have to consume each of those until there's none left. You see where this is going? They didn't use Welch's. It was real wine. Best communion I've ever had in my life. So only time in my life, only time. So here's the deal. So when I talk about wine, this is stuff that I've researched. So think about wine. Wine, wine develops, expands, strengthens has a lifespan, the grape will rot and die. Years and years and years into the fermentation, the wine is better and even more costly. The wine isn't subject to the wind, the rain, the cold, or the heat. Bring this into your life. As, as we submit ourselves and are willing to go through the crushing process of life, you move even to a place where the external circumstance doesn't get to tamper with your joy. It doesn't get to mess you up emotionally because you are now transformed to the point that your life is built from the inside out. So you become one of those followers that can worship through the storm, not just when the storm is over. You can worship through the pain, not just when the pain subsides. You can trust with a bad diagnosis, not just trust once you've come through it. You can trust when something doesn't pan out the way you prayed because you're not subject to the circumstance, because your trust is not in an outcome. Your trust is in God. 
a God who's great, a God who's God, a God who's good, a God who's got a perspective way beyond ours. And you keep walking with him and you keep worshiping even if it's through your tears. Worshiping while you've got something going on that you, you prayed a thousand times would go away. The first person who came up to me after I preached the sermon in the nine o'clock service, I said, okay, it was all over and I dismissed everyone. I turned around. This incredible man walks up, gives me a hug. It was Derek Fulps, who just two years ago, his wife at age 51, tragically killed in a car wreck. Now when that happens, your faith and your feelings start fighting. And you've got a choice to make. Because you will never find good in it. Their dream was to build a home on this land that they had purchased. And, and it waited years to make sure they, they had the resources to do it. And had finally built their home. And just had all of the new kitchen equipment installed. The home was done. And that night they were going to eat their first meal that they had cooked from their new kitchen in their new home, and they never got to do it. And he's standing on this platform today singing about heaven and singing about the goodness of God and the, the power of his life is at the highest state. That's wine. Prior to that, there was fruitfulness. But when you can trust through your pain, through your questions, through your tears, there becomes a substance to your story. To just see him up here today, that's just the glory. But you don't know the story. It's Lisa Turkhurst, and I, I highly recommend any of her books. One's called Not Supposed to Be This Way, a lady with an international, a national international ministry who found out in 2017 her husband of 20 years, her life partner, the father of their three incredible kids, was involved in substance abuse and an affair. Their three kids were now adults and they were moving into engagement and moving toward weddings and she is going through the disappointment of what her husband was caught up in. She said, it, it, it tested me with disillusionment. She thought for sure the marriage was over. About a year into it, they started intense counseling and God started working. She said, about the time I thought, you know, we may come out of this and be reconciled. He fell back into the relationship and the drugs. In the meantime, she goes into the hospital with an issue with her colon that required surgery that took her to the point of death. No sooner than she had finally overcome the implications of the recovery of that, Diagnosed with breast cancer. 
In the meantime, started reconciling with her husband again in intense counseling, living separated, but submitting to the process. And she stands in front of people and she says, when something's broken and shattered, maybe you can glue it back together. And if you can see where it's been glued back together, maybe that even creates like character. It's not perfect. But it still stands. It remains. She said, I felt crushed to dust. And you can't glue dust. She said, God took her to the book of Genesis. He says, you look at where I created life. And it says that God breathed into the dust of the earth. And he said, the Holy Spirit spoke to her and says, I can do it with dust. And in the Christ, when you read her books, you will be so impacted and empowered. I wonder why. It's wine. It's wine. It's T.D. Jakes who had just gone through the, the long process of his mother dying and taking care of his mom. And uh, the sickness that she had just went from level to level until she had lost her sight. And she said to her son, she said, I can't see anymore. And he said, well, as long as I'm here, I'll, I can see and I'll see for both of us. And he, he was going through this situation because his father was out of his life at a young age. His mother did everything for him. They were super close. And just after her funeral, his 13-year-old daughter walks into his bedroom and says to Bishop Jakes and his wife, Mom and Dad, I'm pregnant. 13 years old. He said, I'm still pastoring and preaching. And he said, I watched my wife melt in tears in the floor. He said, we're now raising our 13-year-old daughter and her child. He said, it's that year that some group gets together and votes me America's greatest preacher. He said, they had no idea. They didn't know how to place it. The only reason I was ever called that is because of wine. I was being crushed. Young people, we have to be honest with you about our story or you will not be able to deal with the frustrations and the fluctuation. When you go through stuff like that, God, God is giving you an opportunity to be better and not bitter so that you ultimately think like wine and not like a grape. I listened recently to T.D. Jake say, it would surprise you to know how much stuff just doesn't even bother me. Why? Because when you come through the crushing, if someone criticizes you on the Facebook, Who even cares? If you care about that, that's because you still think like a grape. <laughs> I've only told this story one time, but 
Uh, Stephanie, my assistant, she said, hey, there's this gentleman that wants to meet with you. He's new to the church, and he just wants to get to know the pastor. I said, cool, set the appointment. He comes in. I didn't know. He had no, no desire to get to know me. He sat down with me, and he handed over a couple sheets of paper, and he says, this is my theology of the end times. And he says, I know you differ with that. And he says, until you come in alignment with the scripture, he said, that's why your voice is the way it is, and God's going to kill you. He's putting a sickness on you, and you're leading your church astray. And if you don't get this right, he's going to take you out. I said, well, am I going to heaven? <laughs> that's a critical question to me. It's like, because <laughs> if it's that bad, it could be. If I thought like a grape, I would leave that kind of a meeting and say, God, I'm busy. Why would you even let a person think that, make a phone call, set a meeting, disguise the purpose for the meeting? Why would? And, and you can live your life asking all these questions, letting your faith and feelings fight, or you can just say, ooh, fermentation's happening. I'm getting stronger. The inf that means the influence can be greater. I'm going to put this before you. We're either going to be better or bitter. You've heard this, but we need to talk about it. Some people don't transition. See, the crushing's not the end. The crushing is part of a process. What he said to the church in Smyrna, he says, endure, because they were under a process. What he says to you and me, endure. I had you say the two words, be faithful. When people start questioning God and questioning life and questioning things that none of us have answers to, Often, you'll see they're no longer faithful. If you'll be faithful, the process can take its course, and he can produce the wine. If you've been raised in church, you've heard preaching on the wine as a type of the Holy Spirit, or oil as a type of the Holy Spirit. And we all want the anointing, the power, but the power is a result of pressure. And I would rather not talk about the pressure, just talk to me about the power. And, and wine, and that's, that's the metaphor, that's the illustration. What, what the Bible's saying is the Holy Spirit is the power, but the Holy Spirit rises and cultivates and, and expands within the heart that is surrendered and submitted and is trusting no matter what. And when you are faithful under intense pressure, God is fermenting his relationship between you and the Holy Spirit. And you begin to walk in dimensions of power that you've never, ever known before. So it gives perspective. I'm believing in the, the inner dialogue in me that talks twice as fast that's how I can talk to you. So it can, it can 
create more questions faster than I have to be careful to let that inner dialogue be God is God, God's a healer, God is able because I'm still believing for complete healing. But if that doesn't happen, I'm not going to lose out with God and get angry with God and angry with life and become this bitter old dude. If all I have is a whisper. The greatest worship seminar I've ever been to. I went to this man. He was a deacon in my church in Memphis. Strong man. His body got racked with cancer. He's there on the gurney in the living room. And we know it's just hours. And just within hours of him going home, I'm sitting there by his bed. And, and we're just there with Terry Bogue was his name. And we started to sing. And a man... He lifted that frail arm, you remember? And he started praising God. And my associate pastors that were, I said, we just attended a worship seminar. Okay. The transition, you let it happen and you become better. And if the devil is so willing to attack you and me ruthlessly, ongoingly, then there should be a place where we are launching back at darkness, right? Well, when you become better, that's your best way to fight back. Because you're going to see an open door and you're going to walk through an open door and you're going to walk through that open door with power that you've never had before. And you're going to make a greater impact for the kingdom of God than ever. And that's the best way. That's the best way to fight back. Oh, man, I sense this in my heart. There's some healing happening. It's called the healing of our perspective. We're going to get our joy back, our faith back, our energy back, our dream back. Joseph gets a dream. He had no idea that once he talked about that dream, he would be thrown into a pit by his own brothers. From there, he would be sold into slavery. And from there, he would be falsely accused and thrown into a prison. That it would be 13 to 15 years of his young, incredible life where you're thinking you would be leading and you are in those circumstances prolonged. I mean, you know, a year into prison, five years, seven years, you may start wondering if you really heard from God. If God is God, and if God is good, and if God is faithful, ultimately through the work of God, he is brought out of that prison, and in, just as the God dream God gave him, he became second in command of all the nation. The dream was God put into Joseph's heart this agricultural vision so that in his brilliance, he could stockpile in the seven years of plenty so that there would be food for everyone in seven years of famine. When he comes out of prison and he starts to execute the dream, he ends up meeting this incredible lady and they get married and they have two kids. He names the first Manasseh, the second Ephraim. And Manasseh means he caused me to forget. And the word forget in Hebrew means to let go. 
You won't transition from the crushing to the wine unless you're willing to let some things go. To forgive, write it off. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying, but it's the Holy Spirit that will help you to release it. And then with Manasseh is Ephraim, which means you will prosper. And in Hebrew, it means you'll smile again. It means you've wondered, would you ever have that true joy? And you will. Because as you let it go by the help of God, as you write it off, as you forgive, at the same time, you're taking hold. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, I take hold. And you're taking hold of a, of a newness in you that, well, because the anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit is not just through you to others, it's in you to you to empower you to have joy, to have victory, to have peace. I've said that we're on the 2020 experience. And 2020 vision is not perfect vision. It's just clear vision. Where you see Jesus again the way you should. But my prayer today is 50-20 vision. As Joseph said, I'll put it up here for you. You intended to harm me. Look at this next line. And in this culture where it's all about convenience and excitement, nobody wants to preach this, that God intended. God intended it for good. That doesn't mean I understand that, that it makes sense to me, or that I agree. Because if I could write the script, there are some chapters that would not be in my book. But I yield. God intended it for good to accomplish, there's the wine, what is now being done, influence the saving of many lives. Can we praise God that he's that good? As the worship team comes, Stand with me, everybody. We're standing in the presence of God. So now, in the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. We're going to sing that momentarily. Can you make it your sincere prayer? This is where the victory is. This is where the deep, the deep character of godliness is formed. This is where you become steadfast, immovable, yet always abounding in the work of God. This is where you become someone with such influence that it's an eternal significant influence. This is where when you use your gift through this kind of heart, there's a substance to the gift. 
There's a texture to the gift. And it takes on a level of power that is a result of the pressing. Holy Spirit, I pray that when I give this altar call that those who feel in that transition and need a touch from you so that they become better, not bitter, I pray that when I give that opportunity, they'll move out quickly. If someone has become bitter, Lord, we don't condemn. We just, I just pray to you that you would soften their heart today to come back to you and not live that way. This is no respecter of age. This is not about pain against pain. Pain is just pain. If you're under the pressure of a painful situation, then you're the person I'm talking to. I want us to sing this, and I'll give you one more challenge. Sing that first verse. The crushing, the pressing, you are making wine. The sword I now surrender, you are breaking the ground. Sing that again. In the crushing, in the crushing. In the pressing, you are making new wine. In the sword, I now surrender. You are breaking new ground. The next part says, Make me a vessel, make me an offering. If you need to be at this altar today, we're about to sing that, and I pray you'll step out and let God help you today. Come as they sing. So make me a vessel, make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing. Such a sweet drawing of the Holy Spirit, the love of God wants to do a very personal work in your heart. People are still coming. If you should be here, I want to invite you. Just come. Just come. It's holding you up. It's hanging you up. It's, it's causing you to cycle through defeat rather than process through a season. Come forward today. Let us pray for you. Let us pray for you.
Sing it just one more time and we'll pray. Make me a vessel. Make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want. That's me it. Just step be. out. You know who you are. I came here with the Lord wants to help you. But all you give me, Jesus, It. Just keep coming. To be. I can't give with nothing, but all you've given me, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Jesus, oh Jesus, bring new wine. Everybody across this place, will you lift your hands and sing this? Jesus, bring new wine out What a prayer! What a prayer! our honest prayer today and there is a ministry of your spirit it's like deep calling unto deep you're the greatest counselor comforter helper that we will ever know and you want to enter this time you want to enter our thoughts all of them and help us gain clarity you want to help us gain perspective you want to empower us Lord Jesus, if there's someone at this altar and a situation in their past didn't work like they thought, it doesn't mean the next situation will be that way. But Lord, that, that negative voice would like to say that they will always be somehow confined to, to what they experienced in that situation. And it creates defeat, it creates fear, it creates apprehension. It, it skews their vision and blurs their vision of your word and your spirit's work in their life. So just clear that up today. Bring that clarity, Lord. Bring that clarity. Bring the clarity. You're working a, a significance to their story. These are the chapters that will produce the wine, the highest state of who you've created them to be. We yield to that. We yield to that. In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine in the soil I now surrender you are breaking new ground in the crushing in the pressing 
Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane, the place where the olive trees grew. It was a place of the press. And those olives, when they were ultimately and totally crushed, that's where the oil was extracted. That was then put in the lamps of their day that provided a sustaining light in the darkness. What God is able to do when we yield in times of struggle, that, that's where the light of our testimony that points people to a God who's good and faithful and in control, that's where it shines brighter and brighter and brighter in the darkness of the human experience. And you become a wounded healer. You're able to look at somebody and say, I may not have been exactly where you are, but I've been through struggle, and let me tell you about God's help to me. And there's nothing that ministers like someone who's been through it. And that's where people are, they're broken. Some of them crushed to dust and hopeless, and you can walk into that and say, let me tell you what God can do. So that's what we're saying, Lord, make me that vessel and make me that offering of of influence. So I want you to think about how God can use your story. You're not wanting pity. You're not wanting people to worry. You're just wanting to use that story to give God glory and to help somebody else. So I want you to think about that as we sing this verse as a prayer. So make me a vessel. So make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. You want me to be. I came here with nothing, but all you have given me, Jesus, bring you out of me. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Lift your hands and lift your voice. Jesus, bring you right. You're going to be better. You're going to make a difference. You're rising up. The devil thought he had you down. You're rising up. Jesus, bring new wine. Sing it in faith. Jesus, bring new wine. Jesus, bring new wine. One more time, declare it. Jesus. 
Thank you for a church that wants to be transformed because the process and what you're producing requires us to go through this. And we thank you for being faithful. We're anchored today by a clear perspective of who you are and by an understanding that what you're producing is the highest state of influence that we could ever know. So we yield to it and we thank you even though it's hard, even though it hurts, even though we have questions, we yield because you're gonna cause all things to work together for the good. And everybody who believes that, would you say amen? That's it. Celebrate the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If we can help you in any way, we're going to be right here. We'll wait with you in prayer. We'll talk. We'll process together. I love you so much. I hope you have an awesome day. You're dismissed.